0: Before we begin today's show, we don't talk much about sports gambling on this podcast. Maybe we should, quite frankly. But if you're interested in making a little money in this upcoming NBA season, then I suggest you listen to my guys, Stanford, Steve, and the Bear. A weekly podcast devoted to making all the right picks to help you win some cash. Stanford, Steve, and the Bear. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we are doing on Wednesday evening. Joining us from Los Angeles is the one, the only Kevin Arnovitz, brand new dog dad.
1: This is a thing, it. isn't it?
0: Well, I just thought I'd mention it in passing. Yes, he um, he uh, he named his his dog Howard, and I am a huge fan of um of be of naming dogs people names. Hmm. big fan of that.
1: It was going to be for a girl. It was either going to be Colleen or Denise.
0: <laughs> I mean, th- tell me how many dogs out there are named Colleen? It's a, it's it's great. It's I just love it. Um, joining us from the Dallas area is the one, the only. Thank God. Whoa, Tim Band McMahon. I usually
2: I usually say howdy, partners, but in honor of Jose Juan Barrea, I'm going to say Hola, mi amigos.
0: JJ Barea, one of the many stories you've written uh, in today's news cycle, JJ Barea uh, being released by the Mavs, end of his career. You think?
2: Uh he certainly hopes not. He feels great. He absolutely wants to play. Um, yeah, and and honestly, you know, I I might be biased, but I definitely believe that he can help a team that needs veteran leadership and point guard depth.
0: Well, uh, Mark Cuban. Um, gave him a guaranteed two and a half million dollar contract before cutting him. And, uh, that's a heck of a severance payment. Uh, we should all be so lucky. I was
2: going to say, I hope the the ESPN uh, bosses hear that and treat me the same way.
0: I wouldn't bet on it. Um, I so, bet you're going to
2: fire me at some point, but not with a 2.6 million us. severance they're package. Gonna,
0: they're going to fire all of us. Um, so. You've had a very interesting week, McMahon, um, out in front of a lot of this uh, James Harden reporting. Um, This is um, quite the quagmire. Uh, Obviously, it's not new that Harden has, uh, you know, doesn't want to be in Houston anymore. He has elected an interesting way of going about this. Um, You're using the word holdout. I mean, he's he's he's, he's there now. I guess you could say it was a holdout. He didn't show up for the first couple of days when he was supposed to be there. Um, We have seen a lot of star players want out of their situations over the last decade. Mm -hmm. Um, Some guys have handled it better than others. Look, let's all act like adults here. Certainly if you are a fan of the Rockets or you're a fan of any of these teams where a star player wants out, it hurts. Mm -hmm. It hurt the Pelicans fans with Anthony Davis. It hurt, um, you know, the uh, the Thunder fans with Russell Westbrook, we could go on and on, uh, and, and Durant and what have you. Uh, you know, it's not like this is unheard of, but I do not think James Harden um, is handling this in the best way. And he is absolutely, your story, which I think, which is, as I talked to league executives, your story from, what was it, 10, 15 days ago, where you uh, quoted someone in the Rockets organization saying, We're fine with being uncomfortable. Yeah, we're willing Um, to get uncomfortable. Every time there's an update from you and Woj, (laughs) I have executives texting me, boy, still uncomfortable, (laughs) staying uncomfortable. And James Harden seems to have taken that to heart. Um, This has obviously been a dicey story to cover over the last few days. McMahon, I'll yield to you and um, describe what it's been like. Um, Haven't been able to be in Houston with the Rockets because of the COVID, but you've Mm -hmm. obviously been all over this story.
2: Yeah, I was closer to Houston than James Harden was when training camp opened. That's, <laughs> you know, that that's for sure. And and look, uh, you know, obviously, if James Harden doesn't want to be in Houston, he has the right to express that to, you know, suggest strongly that perhaps they should look to move him. Um, but man, to make a point to go party as publicly as possible in the middle of a pandemic, you know, no masks in sight, but you know, first you're going to a little baby's birthday party in Atlanta, then you're hanging out in, you know, all sorts of nocturnal establishments in Las Vegas. And
0: yeah, I, you, the fact that you are in Atlanta, you're not even in Houston mm-hmm. where you were, He where he was, he was in Houston,
2: but not at the facility, but
0: not at the facility. Then he goes to Atlanta and then flies right by Houston over to Vegas. I mean, he's, he's, he's putting his finger in their eye.
2: Yeah, your geography is a little bit off, but uh, I understand well, your point. There's no question. He overshot
0: well, Texas on his way to in Nevada.
2: <laughs> He's putting uh, his finger in their eye, and I think we can all figure out which finger it is. And, you know, I, I just don't know that other than creating an absolute circus and, you know, perhaps responding to the challenge of uncomfortability, it, it didn't change anything. It's not like the Rockets said, oh, no. You know, James is is making us all look like fools. We absolutely have to trade him now that he has, but he's, you know, with two guaranteed years left on his contract. Let us take a package from Brooklyn that we think is really bad value. So that's not going to happen. Um, Honestly, the guy I feel sorry for is Steven Silas. He works his entire life to become a head coach, and he basically has to sit up there and admit, well, I have no idea what's going on with James because the guy won't even give me the time of day.
0: Yeah, he had, he actually um, made me smile. Probably didn't make him smile, but he used a quote um, on day like four or five of this mess where he said, uh, uh, well, it's the NBA. Not everything is going to be all roses. And it made me smile because his father, who I covered as a head coach, used to say that regularly. He mm-hmm. would say, ain't nothing in the NBA going to be a bed of roses. Um, and so it made, just made me smile that he was uh, using one of his dad's phrases, but um, as you said to me, when I was happy to hear that quote, you said, it's not only is it not roses, it's all thorns for him. Yeah. All the and, thorns,
2: none of the petals.
0: And this is, um, the nature of being a head coach during these types of situations, the head coach has to be in front of the cameras every day, mm-hmm. the front office, although Tillman Fertitta is still giving interviews. He was on CNBC. Well,
2: he's got his weekly CNBC appearance. He yeah. has to, you know, listen.
0: Which he. He didn't really that. reveal anything on his CNBC appearance this week, but at least he was on television answering questions about James Harden. It wasn't much of an answer. He basically said, James Harden wants to win a ring. I hope it's with the Rockets. That's essentially what he said. Um, Kevin, um, you've been around a long enough time to see these things play out. Um, everyone's end game is transparent here. Harden is trying to make. The Rockets trade him now and the Rockets are standing up to him. Um, We have seen stuff like this happen before, but not quite in this vein where, you know, there's the whole pandemic thing and he's out uh, partying. What do you think is the um, what do you think is the next stage of what's going to go? What's going to happen here?
1: I mean, Tim's right. That's the funny thing about this whole saga. The raw facts are the same (laughs) as they were. A week, twelve days, fourteen days ago. This is a guy who doesn't want to be here, uh, and he would. He has identified places he would rather be. I mean, it's in the middle, though. It's it's a fascinating situation, right? Like, because there are three there are three issues, right? The first is we'll call it teammate rocket and NBA citizen, right? And that is, yeah, man, like your team's getting ready for camp. You got a new coach, like kind of a pick your male anatomy move here, you know? Like, like it's just. <laughs> It, it's a. I don't want to say bad look, it's actually bad behavior within the context mm-hmm. of being an NBA and rock, uh, you know, a Rockets leader, NBA citizen,
2: et cetera. Then you have kind of the... Oh, being an American citizen oh, in no, so the that was, pandemic, yeah. Um, that,
1: is, that is number two, right? Irrespective of, of whether or not you think the Rockets deserve uh, or Steven Silas deserves a, a measure of class, there is the, hey, you're an influential person in the culture and you're parting without a mask in like very close quarters. Like you know, it has been a struggle for there to be consensus in this country about just general behavior about how to protect one another. And like, he's kind of flouting it. Right. And then there's the real And look, you can't begrudge Harden anything. Like he, like he, he has the power in the situation. There are about five people on the or planet earth who can play basketball at the level James Harden can play it. And if he wishes to spend his time, and as you say, nocturnal, uh, venues, then, then so be it. And if he would like to be out of there and would like to stick whatever digit in the eyes of whomever, that is well within the boundaries. What's interesting, Brian and Tim, is like the goalpost keeps getting moved. It used to be, ah, I had one year left you know, before the option. And so I'm going to let the team know and maybe they can deal me because they'll get something for it. Then you kind of had the trade deadline in year one minus three point 1.5 right Mm -hmm. and then now it's like t minus two full seasons like at what point is are we in a league where i don't care if a guy is in year one or it's trade deadline of two of five he basically says get me out of here like are we i mean that's to me the interesting point is: are we going to get to a league where contract schmont track like like you don't yeah you technically control the player like that's language i've never been particularly comfortable with but Actually, the player is well within his boundaries to sort of demand a trade, and you know, very well could humiliate the franchise if you don't see to that.
0: Well, I mean, this is one of these things: the talent, the, the contract is over when the talent says that it's over. Exactly. This has been true in in entertainment businesses for a long time. Um, what I what I would say, by the way, real quick, McMahon, you reported today that. Um, So so over the last weekend, the NBA came out with new rules for players about what they could do off the court. And specifically, they said you cannot go to nightclubs, Mm -hmm. you cannot go to casinos, and you can really not go to restaurants unless they're on some list, which will be forthcoming. Um, probably in, uh, in road cities, there's going to be some restaurants that they're going to identify. Ryan, I have
1: never been more excited for a press release and I, 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 I I cannot (laughs) wait for this list. I'm fascinated to see what the league, with the players. I wonder if
0: it's even going to be published, but, um, so let me ask you this, McMahon is, is the, so Harden violated that new rule within 24 hours because He, he
2: used, he used that COVID that 150, whatever page COVID protocol manual as toilet
0: paper. Okay, or so let me ask tape, you this: So the NBA said that there could be fines or suspensions for violating those rules. Is the so you reported? I've checked.
2: Th- I've checked, and and to this point, there's you know the NBA has has uh, shown no inclination to uh, to discipline.
0: So um, here's my question: You reported today that he now has to go through six days of negative tests,
2: right? And that started Tuesday, so he's got. He's
0: yeah. Is that his quote-unquote punishment that he has to be out for six days instead of three? Was both usually oh it's God. three, right? Yeah, and I mean, look, the fact
2: that he was
0: because that's not a punishment. If it's like, way, you know, what it
2: reminds me of, you know, an election. The little
1: sister, like they expel her and she's thrilled. Like punishment, yeah. If she's riding her bike around Omaha. Keep, you know, like keep like, me the, out.
0: Keep me out longer. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. Please don't make me go
1: back. So about a twelve-day quarantine, right? Like, yeah.
0: I mean, in Adam Silver's NBA fines pretty you know disciplinary fines have essentially been eviscerated you pretty much got to got to uh, really you know throw a punch to get fined in the nba Adam. and it's not just during the the pandemic and you know adam silver has just disciplined for players and i'm not i'm i'm not to be um, mis misinterpreted here but sort of like petty offenses like you know guys get away with stuff all the time just adam silver just i mean he is the complete opposite of david stern when it comes to this you know um, guys pretty much get away with whatever they want, and right. so here here we have an important thing. It gets tested by a player within 24 hours, and the league's like, yeah, 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 whatever. And,
2: well, yeah, absolutely. And you know, maybe it's different if guys are are flaunting it like this during the the regular season. We'll, we'll see. But I mean, Harden absolutely made a mockery about it uh, of, of the whole thing. Um, you know, he's, he's going to sit six days, like you guys said. I don't think he's Necessarily disappointed with that, but the, you know, the other thing is, I got the sense that the NBA and more than the sense look, I asked when he reported, I you know, obviously started trying to find out okay, when would he possibly be cleared to practice? What exactly is the protocol here, given that he was obviously putting himself at, at major COVID risk during his little holdout? And by the way, you say well, I use that term. maybe
0: he was, and maybe he wasn't.
2: Well, listen. Uh, Okay. I I know what you're saying. Uh, and well, I'm not, I'm okay. Just leave it at that. I'm just going to leave it. Okay. I hear what you're saying. Um, whatever. So Stephen Silas. Either way,
0: he's, he's flagrantly violating the rule, which was just negotiated with the union. Yeah. Stephen Silas
2: today, a day after Harden came back and, and, you know, started the testing protocol, at the Toyota Center is asked, Hey, when, when might he be able to practice? And Steven's basically said, I don't know. We're waiting on word from the NBA. We're trying to figure it out. Uh, we, we, you know, we're eager to find out basically. And this is
0: just like with Lou Williams where the NBA just yeah. thought about it for a day and said, okay, 10 days. Right. Or, you know, is it like some court? of Yes. It's a figured out court. as they
2: go along type of situation. And certainly this is not one, a lot like the old magic city Lou, uh, a lot of similarities there. Not one that, not not a situation the NBA was eager to have to figure out, but, you know, it was kind of just thrown in their, in their lap, so to speak. And, uh, you know, they came up with the six consecutive tests.
0: Okay. So let's talk about, I want to talk about what we think the Rockets, how the Rockets should proceed here. Because one of the things that I've, um, in talking to other executives, and they are, watching this story very closely, as you can imagine, um, and really out of, like, an interest. Like, like over the last few days, like, I've had sort of robust conversations with uh, general managers and other people in the league who are like, okay, well, what can they do? What are their options here? But one of the things that a guy brought up to me today is, is part of this a result of the culture that the Rockets had over the last, you know, five or six years. with or their Morey, Where they basically let Harden do everything. And, you know, he rewarded them with spectacular play. And it's not like this is an unheard of arrangement. And now that there's sort of new sheriffs in town that are pushing back and not acquiescing to him. Is this just a, a result of the way the Rockets um, set the standard for what James Harden could get away with? uh, and sort of the chickens are coming home to roost. For, uh, and you know, you know, there is a line to draw in the sand. Kevin just referred to like, you know, what do you do with a, with a talent player, talented player like this, but is this, this the Rockets, you know, saying, Hey, listen, you are being paid $41 million. You're going to have to be held to a standard here. And can that toothpaste be put back in the tube in any way?
1: I, mean, I think this is one of the most interesting questions in the NBA, and in some ways, it's been spiraling, just not just around James Harden, right? Uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, to what extent should superstars demands, uh, and by the way, sometimes very rightful demands. I mean, these mm-hmm. are the guys doing the heavy lifting. The Houston Rockets are nowhere without James Harden. The Clippers are nowhere last season, irrespective of the disappointment, right? But what do you do? It's one of the reasons, you know, and you've written about it a bunch of times Um Brian, about you know Jimmy, Jimmy Butler and in the, in the perfect match in Miami, right, is the greatest question. It's, we talked about this. You've written about this, about vis-a-vis LeBron, or first stint in Cleveland, first stint in Miami. In some ways, his decision to go back in, to Cleveland was an expression of, you know what? I, in Miami, I might not have the sort of privileges I, 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 I ideally would want. And, and so with Harden, yeah, how, how, how permissive can you be as an organization, when you have one of the five or ten best talents in the league, what you hope is you get a guy like Steph Curry, right? Where the demands are pretty simple. The question be and sometimes you know hardens a different case than Kawhi. Kawhi's you're not gonna find Kawhi in a club. I mean, like the guy does his work. He does have a lot of quirky um
0: Well, you are gonna find Kawhi in a club. No, I'm saying not
1: saying not this week. That's what I meant. No, no, I mean you can find Kawhi in a club. I'm saying like at the appropriate. He has been found, in fact. Yes, but I'm saying not in not in the uh, right, the week right. uh, you know where training camp starts. So right. I, I just think with Harden, I mean, perhaps it's chicken's home to roost sometimes. And, and I wrote this last year: the superstar is the culture. Is is that Daryl's fault oh, yeah. well, to some extent, probably? But James is James, right? Like, like I mean, you can tell James: look, stop spending thirty five thousand a pop in nocturnal establishments.
0: Well, I don't even, you know, he can spend whatever he wants. It's just like Tim. Did you not report? um John, the you know, the John Wall had a conversation with James Harden.
2: Yeah. Like hey, I mean, John for- Wall, I forget reporting.
0: John Wall said it. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, John what, Wall said it. But, and what did look, John Wall say? Would basically
2: that he was talking to James Harden before the trade. They agreed they wanted to, to, to play with each other. Um, look, James Harden has had the right to say who comes and goes in Houston essentially for the whole time he's there. Um, he wanted Dwight Howard and then he wanted Dwight Howard gone. You know Chris Paul, then Chris Paul gone. Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook gone. He wanted Kevin McHale out. McHale was gone. I mean, we can go on down the list. He had the and like a lot of superstars, he had the right to say what the travel schedule was going to be. He determined the practice schedule. Got a couple days off. Well, James wants to go to Vegas, so you're not going to practice that day. You know, it's it's a you know no practice that day. Uh, Coming back from the All Star break, first practice is voluntary because James needs it. You know, he needs to go uh, cool his heels a little bit in Vegas um the first time the rockets ever told james harden no was no we're not going to send you to brooklyn when we don't like the the potential trade
0: that's what i'm saying this is a this is not i mean in addition to the fact that the rockets window probably has set here for championship window i think i don't I guess i don't know um this is the organization changing gears on him their 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 culture
2: was whatever james what, you know, whatever whim he
0: had, that was, their,
2: that was what their culture was based on. And, you know, I was talking to a former Rocket staffer uh, yesterday, and he said, quote, yeah, he's going to act up. He's never heard no before.
0: Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Yeho tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
2: Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or tick it. Paid for by NHTSA.
0: Here's, here's where, I think, this is where I think the issue is. Kevin, I don't think that there is a trade to be made for James Harden right now. Um we could spend a half hour here. Like I could, I could say to you, boy, I could see the Cleveland Cavaliers trying to get James Harden. I could see the Orlando magic trying to get James Harden. Like I could, I, we could go through that exercise if you would like, but there isn't a good trade right now. Uh, and especially because the rockets from what I understand, and I mean, they've, it's not like they're having mass talks, but, The Rockets have a very, very high standard. They would like a star player back in return. A young
2: franchise cornerstone and a bundle of picks slash talent on rookie contracts.
0: Those trades don't happen. Those trades don't happen. If you look at the star players who have been traded in recent years, if you're talking about I mean
2: I would I, I'm gonna argue with you. I'm gonna absolutely argue with you on that one. That trade happened for Anthony Davis. Brandon Ingram is a young franchise cornerstone. Well, they he wasn't a, a franchise the-
0: cornerstone when they traded for him. Okay,
2: that that's fine. I mean, but, he was a
0: prospect who blossomed. Okay. It was a really good acquisition.
2: Okay. Well, we can we all can no, argue the definition. Just be clear. Let's
0: just be clear. We're talking in circles. We're talking about right. Ben Simmons. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, right. absolutely. Okay? But Ben Simmons for for James Harden is not a deal that is available today.
2: Correct. And no. and they have not even, like, there's not talks happening. Harden would be willing to go to Philly and other contenders, um, specific well, other contenders. I'm not sure who's on the list. Let me, let me ask you about that Okay,
0: One thing at a time, if you don't mind. Oh, sorry. If there's, okay.
2: Your show, even though you can't grow a beard.
0: <laughs> the trade that they would like to make would be for Ben Simmons, okay? There isn't a player in Brooklyn who fits that no. description. Do we agree with that? Yeah, other I than mean, Kyrie and Durant. Who, if if, we...
1: if Levert didn't have the red flags, he's an interesting, I mean, he's older than Ingram ever was then, mm-hmm. but he, you know, he's interesting, but you're right. It's not that's not a guy you can just insert pure yeah. shot creation. So, so, so
0: you're looking at like, if you're going to make, but by the way, you know, they didn't just get Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. They got three first-round picks.
2: And Josh Hartz. One of which was uh, the number four pick.
0: And one of which was the number four pick. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a draft-heavy trade. So if you're going to make a trade to get an all-star back, you're not getting the grand tour of draft picks. You're not getting the Drew Holiday package, the Anthony Davis package, the Paul George package. I just just don't think you are. So, but, But my point is, is that, for the Rockets to really have a chance to make any kind of a deal, they're probably going to have to get James Harden in and play with him for a while and see how the situation develops.
2: That's absolutely their plan.
0: Okay. Also, So I, now I, I... that's that's why the, how they handle this with what they're going to tell him is so important.
1: And then here's the other issue, and it's sort of a game theory question. So on one hand, if you deal Harden now to a desired team, that team gets two whole guaranteed years. Like, well, it's the old Chris unless, Paul, right?
0: Unless you say, J- we will give you the grand tour. We'll give you all of our young players and all of our draft picks. We'll give you the Lakers package. But James Harden has to sign an extension. Right. This is the
1: Chris Paul 2011 and, uh, deal, right? That's right. Where, so now do we think that the deal will be less? If, if Let's say Philly does want to come to the table. Let's for argument's sake and at the deadline. Or next mm-hmm. off season, do we think the deal is any less rich because they're only paying for one season, or the fact that James is willing to extend there renders it fine? Like, look, these deals—the deal's not going to be any worse at this trade deadline. It's not going to be any worse next off season. Depending it might not even be any worse at the trade deadline in his final
0: guarantee. There is one other option you could go to, which is I've talked with a I talked with league executive yesterday, and they said if Houston. Couldn't and this isn't a deal you would do today, okay? To be clear, Mm -hmm. would be that you could say, "All right, maybe we can't get the ideal package for James Harden. You have to take John Wall in addition to Harden
1: or Gordon." I mean, what about Gordon's another one that you wouldn't mind? Okay,
0: or Gordon, you've got to help us. You've got to you've got to help us kick the ball down the down the field on our rebuild. I mean, you're you're not going to do it for free, but maybe the 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 ask back changes a little bit if you can get off one of those contracts.
1: Kind of By the way, that's 158. Forget Wall. If just Harden and Gordon, you're sending 58 million
0: Well, out. I know that I mean there's there's one team that could do it. I mean, there's probably more than one team that could do it, but there's one team that is in position to do it.
2: You're talking about the Knicks? That's yeah. right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I'm saying I'm, I'm I'm not saying that's like a viable option. Right. I'm just saying like if you got to the point where you needed to do something and you were looking for another way to make a deal to help your organization, you can say, all right, well, if we can't get that star player, maybe we can, you know, get out of, get out of this jail a little bit.
2: Yeah. And look at at this point, the Rockets still aren't willing to whisper, you know, that the relationship is unsalvageable. Although we all understand what's happening here. There is an understanding that basically Time is on their side in terms of leverage up until this trade deadline, and then after this deadline, when he has one year left, you know, time is no longer on their side um, unless you know the situation you say where where Harden is willing to play ball. Um, but then obviously he's only willing to play ball if if it's a you know very select, handpicked type of situation. Yeah, uh, I mean, I still look. As much like if you talk to people in Philly, if you talk to people in Houston, they just want to say there hadn't been any talks, or hadn't been any talks, and that's fine. I if you if you made me put down money on what ends up happening, that's still where my dollars going.
0: I agree, where? but I'm, yeah. So the the difficulty with Harden is not just the squishiness of the contract, which is you know he's only got two years left, which is not nothing, but not you know it's not you know when the Lakers traded for Anthony Davis, they pretty much knew it wasn't for one year. Okay. Um, the thing is, when you trade for James Harden, you are trading for more than just a star player with a contract squishiness. You are trading for a guy who maybe expects this kind of influence on an organization. You're playing you're trading for a guy whose style of play is not in a fit with anything well, else anybody right. else does. Brian, let me year. throw
1: the big one out there. You're trading for a guy who at the age of thirty-three is going to want a four or five year deal that is going to burden your spreadsheet.
0: Well, until, that's why but you but want to do an it. extension. You don't want, you know, you want, but even you don't want then, to even want a four year deal. Right. But even then,
1: like, like here's the question Is he a value positive player at age 34, or 35? He might be. I don't know how he's going to age. And by the way, we're not even considering all the questions you just asked, which is, is he a kind of a culture positive player? But like, let's look at it from the Brooklyn and Philly side. What would you give up? For James Harden, how badly do you really want James Harden? Now, for two years, it makes a lot of sense, and then having to pay this guy at the back end of his career—one of these just absolutely crippling contracts that we see—and we kind of roll our eyes when the guy gets to be, you know, on the list of worst. Like, it's very reasonable to think that if Harden gets a max contract or extension, doesn't matter, that the 35-year-old James Harden is going to have one of the five worst contracts.
0: Well, this is the thing. Like, people, some people have mentioned the Denver Nuggets as an option here. Let's just ask a simple question: Who would you rather have? Would you rather have Jamal Murray, or would you rather have James Harden? Now, James well, Harden listen. is a better player, but Jamal Murray costs sixteen million dollars less.
2: Okay, and, is, me, let,
0: and, and is, is in terrific? Really, has a great relationship with your franchise player.
2: Yeah, Jamal Murray is off the table. But if I'm if I'm Denver and I decide I want James Harden, I'm going to say okay, Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris. Will Barton, you know, the Rockets are going to ask for something. And the some, draft picks. And yeah, the picks. Rockets are going to have to draft come, But that would be uh, – How Jamal can Jamal Murray's Murray together?
0: and James Harden play together? I mean, hey, what how do can, you mean? How what can play hey, – hey, 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 Harden you... won
2: 67 games with Chris Paul. What do you mean he can't play with another lead guard? <laughs> yeah, Listen, the other thing – the other <laughs> for, for a year, it did. Uh, the other thing that, that you're not saying here – Is you know, when we're talking about the risk of Harden either on an extension or with another long term max deal at age 33, there are absolutely concerns about how Harden is going to age based in part on lifestyle, and his happy birthday little baby holdout tour did not exactly diminish those concerns,
1: yeah. I mean. Look, I would never say I wouldn't want James Harden on my 2021 or even 21 22 team. It's just not a commitment. Like that's the irony: is everyone's talking about, oh, well, no team's going to trade for him unless they know they can get you know him long term. I don't want him at age 33 and 34 making 50 million a year. Like, like, who wants that deal? That's
0: why the deal is Philadelphia. Okay, because the guy who he's got the relationship with, who he he let run the whole operation, Daryl Morey, is there. That's number one. Number two. Right now, Philly has changed their roster, and Embiid and uh, and Simmons are at the moment turning over a new leaf to try to play together. And there's going to be a new system. We have a new coach, and they feel like they're going to try it. Maybe it will work. Some people believe that it can still work. There's, you know, um, you know, bon Temps, who's you know covered that team very closely for the last few years, has lineup data that shows. Um, a couple of years ago that they actually were functional together, but there are people who believe that that will run its course and that by February, they will say it's still a problem, even with the new coach and the new, the new roster that spreads the floor a little bit more. And there will be a loggerheads there. And then all of a sudden things could change. Now I can't see the future. I didn't think that Harden. What's and a loggerhead?
2: Were... Is that like a, a fan of beer?
0: it's two guys bouncing into each other's heads and we, one of us has got to go. There are people who believe that will happen, but you know, I've been around long enough to know that things happen in the NBA that you can't predict. So maybe it does work, but if you're doing to use Kevin's point, if you're doing game theory here, the Rockets probably their best option. If the guy that they want is Ben Simmons is to wait this out.
1: Not, not to go too far down the rabbit hole, If I'm the Philadelphia 76ers and I'm willing to deal Ben Simmons, how do I know that two more years of James Harden at $40 gazillion plus the opportunity to overspend on him is the best thing I can get? If I want to trade Ben Simmons, I'm not like saying, oh, I'm going to trade Ben Simmons for Harden. I'm going to ask 28 other teams, what would you give for Ben Simmons? And I tell you what, I guarantee you, guarantee you, one of those 28 other teams will have a more attractive offer. Because James Harden, and I'm, this has not—I still think he's a top five player. I'm not. This is not impugning James Harden. I just don't like. If I'm going to trade Ben Simmons, I'm going to canvas the league. Who says that James Harden, right. a year and a half of James Harden, is the best maybe, thing I can get? You
0: know, Daryl Daryl pulled the ripcord and got out of there, maybe because he knew that this was as far as it could <laughs> happen. Think?
2: Like, mm, yeah. listen, I think I think your cause and effect is is out of whack there. Daryl pulled the ripcord because he knew Harden was going to pull the ripcord. Oh, you want to jump off the plane? Not till I go first.
0: Okay, but you know, Kevin makes up makes a good point.
2: Uh, it, it's a fair point. I also, you know, obviously, Daryl Morey uh, has seen a lot of James Harden up close and personal, and you know, done a lot of James Harden is the best player in basketball type of talk. I truly believe that he at least is closer to believing that than not, you know, I would say best other than LeBron is what he really believes. Um, And listen, the other thing, like, I don't know how long your window is of Joel Embiid's prime, just because, you know, big guy with injury issues, whatever. I do think that James Harden absolutely significantly raises their ceilings and increases their odds of winning a, a, a title in the, in the, what three to four year window that, uh, you know, that he's still going to be
0: well and Daryl an MVP candidate and Daryl's number one priority in his career, even though he gets so much credit for analytics and so much credit for uh, arbitrage trades and so much credit for creative contracts. Daryl Morey has and always will be about stars, yeah, uh, about superstars. He I- is he is no different than Red Auerbach in that regard.
1: Right. But so but to go back to the other thing, Maury's about stars because he subscribes to the theory that the stars are the most underpaid players in basketball. And they are right. Like in their prime, like it's not that, oh, you know, Daryl Morey's a star screwer. Right. Like it's, oh. There's a salary cap in this league, which means that LeBron James by value and production should make a hundred million dollars, but the league conspires to pay him less than half of that. Oh, Steph Curry is prime. And we can go down the list. Maury is into stars insofar as they represent a greater value than their contracts. If James, and I agree with, with, with Tim here, I think James probably provides you more than what, what is he making this year? 41 million in value this year. I, I, I agree. So if, if Daryl's priority is this season, Yeah. James, he's into James Harden because James Harden provides more than $41 million in value. Is he going to provide more than forty-four million next season? Yeah, maybe. I'll tell you what, I'm guessing that uh, Daryl runs the numbers, and I'm not sure he produces 50, 51, whatever the hell the number is going to be in 2023. And so that's why he's into stars. It's not that, oh, stars are fun, it's stars are underpaid.
0: Well, speaking of superstars, the, the, the Houston Rockets got Hakeem Olajuwon in 1980. Four? 1983? 1984? The Jordan draft. Okay, 84.
2: 83. 80, whatever. Sure. That year, it, the it, Jordan it, draft.
0: I'm, I'm showing my ignorance. It took them another 20. I mean, Yao was a, uh, was a great player, but he was not a team. It took them another 20-whatever years, almost 30 years, to get another player of that caliber. You trade away James Harden. Maybe hit the lottery in a couple of years. Better be careful, because you know the Thunder own your draft position.
2: Yeah, those protections might matter.
0: Um, which, by the way, you know it's interesting that trade trade is so interesting because the Thunder backload. You know, the Thunder when they mm-hmm. made the deal figured that Westbrook and Harden were going to be. You know, good for a few years, and they backloaded it, and they got the swaps and the picks in 24, 25, and 26. But oh yeah, they got a swap in 21. Hmm. Just as like a little insurance policy. And so you may say, well, what is a? Pick? It's it's top four protected. So if the Rockets get into the lottery, uh, you know, win one of the lottery slots, they'd be able to keep it. But now you see, so you'd say, well, w- you know, the Thunder rebuilding, what? What value is that? And the Thunder are probably going to maybe have the fifth pick. What are they going to swap it with? Well, the Thunder set up the trade so that they can swap their pick or the Miami Heat pick that they have. (laughs) So that little aspect of the trade where they, they built in a 2021 swap right could be pretty good. But what I'm just saying here is like you trade, and this is another reason why this is such a massive moment for Raphael Stone, who's the new general manager the reality is you may go another 20 years before you get a player like James Hart. Now in the case of the, uh, the the Pelicans, they had karma or luck or whatever you want to say. Anthony Davis goes, they win the lottery and they get a player. Maybe Zion becomes a superstar. Maybe he doesn't, but they, they got the black Swan moment, you know? And so their situation is a little bit different. Um, But you know, this is the reality. This is who Giannis we're going to talk about in a minute here. You know, I've talked about this. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar walks out the door in 1974, says, I'm, I'd like to leave. The Bucks have gone 46 years and haven't been back to the finals. You send away a guy like James Harden, it could be a long time before you get a guy like James Harden back. And that's why we can sit here and talk about it and try to get the trade machine going and, and do all this stuff. This is a gigantic freaking moment for your franchise, gigantic. And you're asking somebody who's never executed a trade like this to do it. And you're asking him to do it under duress and very, very publicly. It's hard, man. It's really, really hard. Hey, and you I, got
2: John Wall back for us at Westbrook.
0: And I hate to put it like this to Rocket fans, but like, you know, Houston has been a hub of the NBA since they got Harden. And because of McGrady and because of Yao, they've generally been a hub for a long time. Ask the Phoenix Suns how fleeting this can be. Ask the Phoenix Suns, okay? Ask the the, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. They lost Garnett. How's life been since then? Is it going to, you know, they haven't had Garnett since 2008. They've missed the playoffs 15 of 16 years. When when do they get another Garnett? And that's why this is really serious
2: business. Yeah, and and they got Carl Anthony Towns. They got you know and right. uh, Wiggins. They got the number Garnett. one overall picks right, and they still, right. to your point, right. they still haven't gotten as that's good right. as Towns is. It ain't that. Deep. I mean, when you when you're talking about a perennial MVP candidate kind of guy, there's only you know we can argue what four, maybe six players that you would consider at that level. In the league, so eighty percent of the league's not gonna have the that this, this
0: is dude. why I was this is why I was at loggerheads. You like that? Yeah. This is why I was at Loggerheads with Dan Gilbert when he traded Kyrie Irving for a draft pick. He traded Kyrie Irving for a draft pick because like he said, I can't let LeBron James walk out the door for without protection again. And he won't extend his contract. And so I've got to protect this organization. I'm trading him for this unprotected pick from Brooklyn, which they thought was gonna be a top three pick, but ended up being eight. All right. And my point was, when LeBron James walks out the door, gentlemen, whether that's in a year or two or 15 minutes, that's it. It could be 40 years before you see anything like this again. Com. sign up today claim based on total games carried on sports networks sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package for the ones who get it done ranger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. So today, Giannis, after a week and a half, speaks to the media for the first time. He knows he's going to get asked about his contract. And Kevin, his, his answers were not good. Uh, They were very limp. Um, He said I'm not focusing on my contract. I'm focusing on myself. What the hell does that mean, Kevin? I, I, I don't know where to go with this. Um, but I would not have taken that as a sign that he's signing in this next two weeks.
1: Yeah. So let's take the range of possibilities. We'll start with optimism. The deal isn't done. Um, it might very well be on route to getting done, but it's not done. And so what is Giannis supposed to say? Right? So, um, Yeah, we're working on the deal. It's going to be done. Boom. All but, I mean, you you imagine the pandemonium and hysteria that happens when Giannis all but rubber stamps, I'm coming back to Milwaukee. Probably a bad move before the ink is dry, even if they're just working out some small details. As we all know, the number is the number. Um, so what the hell is he supposed to say, right? That would be the optimistic thing. Hey, I'm working on my game. That's what athletes do, right? Like, I'm not worried about the contract. My agent's dealing with that. You know, I'm working on getting better. That's why I'm in this position. Uh, I'm in good humor about Chris's gift, you know, whatever it is. Okay. The pessimistic is your response, right? Which is, does not sound good. If it were going to be a deal, there would have been a deal by now, right? That, that is the negative. Not necessarily. Right. Okay. So my point is, is. You might be, your expression might be a little pessimistic. Like, all right, let me ask you a question, Brian. Let's say for argument's sake, they're on target. You know, nobody's in a hurry. They're going to get it done by the 21st uh, or soon after or whatever.
0: No, you're Giannis. You,
1: right. You're right. So you it the 21st, the deadline. You're Giannis. What do you say today when the deal's not done? You've got nearly two weeks left. What do you say to that question? Play comms director for a second.
0: Okay, that's a good. That's a that's a good thing. I, I think. Um, I would say, you know, guys, it's a really big decision. I know that it's important. I know that it's something that my teammates are thinking about, and the organization is thinking about, and of course the fans are thinking about. And it's a really important decision, and it's something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about, and my agent and I are still um, uh, considering it. And what's most important to me as I come here to work every single day is to try to get this team ready for this season because this season is really what's most important, more important than the next five or six years. This season is important. Man, um, I'm
2: really optimistic about this team, and yes, you know, blah, blah blah blah. Yeah, that, that's you're good at this. You're you're good at the spinning. I
0: just think that he knew that what he said today was going to set the tone. And it was not a strong statement. And, and I think it goes back to if he does not sign, which, you know, in a vacuum, which I was saying last spring and over the summer, in a vacuum, he probably should not sign. And that is not a commentary on the city of Milwaukee or the Bucks organization or his teammates or, or wherever else he would, any other team that he would want to go to. He can sign the exact same contract next summer as he can now by, by signing now, he essentially gives away that optionality for, f- for free. Mm-hmm. What he would do if he signed now would be to give this season the best chance of success um and that is not nothing and so if he truly believes in this um uh that is what you what you would do but in a vacuum the 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 cold advice would probably be not to sign it having said that the bucks organization for a while was very confident that he was going to sign it and i don't think that they made that up out of whole cloth
2: what was that Pre or post Bogdan blow up,
0: Kevin?
1: I mean, I still think there was a a, a strong degree of confidence, Bogdan or no Bogdan. I mean, I think it, on the uh, on the New York Times election probability meter, yeah, I think <laughs> there was a I think there was a tick you know toward the negative, but I don't think it was substantial at least in the frame of mind of the organization. Um, I think the organization and you know it really believes there is a visceral connection between this young guy the franchise in the city that actually transcends even the personnel that's there be a coach GM owner that just even though, because look, it's a different owner. It's a different coach. It's a different front office that the the sheer Milwaukee bucks name as a, not a brand, because I don't think he cares about sort of, you know, the market features of the Milwaukee bucks, but this is where he's grown up. He was raised as a Milwaukee buck in a way that other players are 't necessarily given you know life story and 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 work ethic and, and just his filial focus and everything else so but I think there's still there was still a lot of confidence in the week following the blow up um, it might have been reduced by five to ten percent um, but I still think it was very very strong
2: there are a lot of my kind of loggerheads in, uh, in Milwaukee though yes
0: and look, he could still sign it. He can still sign it. I'm just you know, I, saying that.
2: I, I I will say this: the whole I let my agent handle those talks. Like wh- what talks? Like there's the supermax, and you, you can sign it, or you cannot sign it. It's not like there's well, negotiations back and There is, there is another
0: option he has. It wouldn't make a lot of financial sense. He doesn't. He doesn't have to sign the supermax. He could sign a standard extension you know, probably for two years, he would be leaving Supermax money on the table. That wouldn't make sense, but that would be a way to commit to the franchise without committing for six years. Um, But that, I I think I should mention that at least as an option. And he wouldn't have to do that by December 21st. You know, it's funny.
1: It almost comes full circle to where we started this conversation. Let's say he commits for six years and he wants out after two. What happens?
0: Well, to me, that's if I were the Bucks, that's the offer I would make to him. I would say, Giannis, sign for the six years. It's, it's, he, he basically signed for five, and then you have um, the, the year he's got left on his contract. So it would be it becomes a six year contract. But you would say, Giannis, get the eighty million dollars extra that we can guarantee you, and let's work together. And if something happens in a couple of years and you're not happy come to us and let's figure something out. That way we're protected and you're protected. You would never broadcast that, but that's the way business is done in the NBA. And now maybe, you you know, let me just ask you this, Kevin. Do you think Giannis, knowing him and knowing that organization, do you think Giannis will be able to thrive this year in an environment where he does not sign this extension?
1: I think he is more suited to that in, that indecision and that overall uncertainty than most stars are. He's not an optics guy. I mean, it's funny. I thought your comms director crafted spin statement was beautiful. I don't know that Giannis approaches a question at a press conference with a lot of intentionality. And by the way, that's not a criticism. I just don't think he thinks about it. I, I don't think he's back there with – you know, the brass or whoever runs the media relations at, at the agency or, or whatever else. Like, I, I don't think this guy is crafting message. I don't think this guy is brand conscience. in is in that respect, I look, I, I think the environment, be, frankly, I, I think the environment would be better for, you know, his teammates probably. In fact, I would say there might be teammates who have a harder time with it than Giannis himself, but I just think his obsessiveness sort of lends itself to he can probably thrive in an, in, in an indecision environment greater than 85% of top 10 players.
0: Hmm.
1: LeBron James he, obviously is in indecision environment every <laughs> of year, right? Like that guy's yeah, in a one-in-one situation every year. And like he's...
0: Not anymore. He's Not right.
1: I That's the thing.
2: You think he lacks the desire and or ability to be full of crap is is basically what you're saying. No,
1: I don't think... I, I don't think, oh, he's this blunt guy. He's unfiltered. Like I, I just... By the way, this is a guy who you sit with five years ago at a table had very rudimentary English. Like, like this is, it's also, he's just not, it's not, it's not why he got into this business. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, one thing that someone really close to him told me is, you know, you know, why hasn't he kind of been more brand conscious? And he said, it was very, it's very easy, Kevin. He finds it completely unseemly to ever front himself as a face of the league. If he hasn't won a championship. Right, right, and, and I just think that's an interesting tell. So I'm probably less pessimistic than you are, Brian. If I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan today, not because I think this is great news. I would have preferred that he had signed it if I'm a, a member of the Bucks front office or a fan. But I also think that, like,
0: well, he's still he's not might, again. He's, not he's a guy still who sculpts very a well might sign it. I just, yeah. I that commentary today did not increase my feeling that he would. I was. I was closer to, he was signing it before this comment. Right, so you did, know what? How, where did
1: you go from the Nate cone meter? I like this.
0: Well, you know, this, this is kind of like, um, you know, sometimes I compare things that happen in the NBA to poker because I think the NBA, a lot of times is very much like poker because you have a hand and you can have a very strong hand and it can just get beat. And it doesn't mean that you played it badly or whatever, you know, uh, just things happen. The The, the, the the Clippers had a very strong hand last year, and they, you know, it got cracked. Um, So they're going to try to run the hand again. Um, sometimes, when you're in a hand in poker, you can say things to your opponent that change the dynamic of the hand. You can talk your way in and out of things, and different things. and And you wouldn't think that, right? Because it's ultimately the cards. But I've seen it happen many times where someone has talked their way into or out of a situation with simple language. And so this is what I'm looking at here. Um, The words that he said today changed my judgment of his whole cards that are turned down. And doesn't mean that I'm reading it right, but it changed my judgment of it. You don't know where to go with that, do you? you?
2: You come up with some of the best analogies.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was like, oh, that's a final word. He's just dropped the mic. It just, Next it time just, on, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't know, you know, there's certain things that you just don't know. Like, I'd I like to be able to tell you, oh, yes, I am talking to Giannis on text every night. I know exactly what he's thinking. Sometimes in this business, in media, you have really good sourcing and you're really close to things and you have a really good feel of what's going on. Um there's stuff as you guys know there's stuff that we know about. We know right now about significant NBA news that is going to probably happen in the short term future that is going to alter things, but we can't talk about it for various reasons. That ha- sometimes you have information, sometimes you don't. In this particular case, um I don't know how Giannis is feeling. And he's been in Greece And he hasn't shown at all. I don't see any tells. Mm -hmm. Um, I only know what I was feeling off of the bucks and his first, you know, give out of information made me pull back a little bit. So we'll see. It doesn't mean that I'm folding the bet. I just think that, uh, you know, he had a long time months to come up with what he was going to say at his first media session today. And, what LeBron James said in 2009 um, when he, you know, the, the, the 2000, you know, and, and this is p- part of my issue with, with uh, Giannis and maybe I should, uh, you know, maybe I just have to acknowledge this. I am, my, the way I look at the situation is framed because I lived through every single day of the LeBron James 2009-10 season. And I know how LeBron handled it, and I know how the Cavs handled it, and I know how it turned out. And obviously, LeBron and Giannis are not the same person. They have completely different frames of reference, completely different sets of priorities, but it frames how I look at it. And the way LeBron handled that season, he his verbiage and the way he handled the discussion in you know in October and November of that year kept The Cavs were nervous every single day, but it didn't affect the team every single day. And they won 60 games, and they were the number one overall seed. They were not a championship team, but he was able, with verbiage, to remove some of the pressure. That did not happen in Giannis's first session. We'll see if something changes in the short-term future. But um, I didn't love it from the Bucs' standpoint.
2: Listen. There's, there's teams, we, we, we discussed before, the work done by teams this off season, uh that are interested in Giannis certainly indicates they're pessimistic from the Bucs standpoint. Yeah, to use the poker from, analogy,
0: yeah. the Mavericks and Raptors and Heat mm-hmm. anteed up and stayed in the hand. Right. They in full.
2: Yeah, and you know whether that means they knew something, they're guessing, or just I don't think you know they what if it's all, kn- no. Yeah. I don't
0: think they knew anything.
2: Or if it, and but the other but, thing is maybe it's just you know what if there's a two f- percent chance you can get a player like Giannis in his prime, then you go all in on that two percent because that's how much of a franchise elevator he can be.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I you know, Kevin knows Kevin has a good feel for the Bucks. Um, he knows how much work the Bucs have put into this. Um they've got a really good team. Yes, they do. They've got a really good team. Um I don't know if it's a championship team, but it's a really, really good team. And they're gonna have they're gonna have a lot of really good nights this season, and they're gonna look really good. Um will
2: they be in the playoffs?
0: Will they be in the playoffs? They'll be in the playoffs. No,
2: will they? Will they have good nights in well, the playoffs? That's
0: the thing. That's what happened with that Cavs team, man. I'm really, you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, McMahon. You're gonna have to check me on this because I like the same. That Cavs team was a great team, but they were not built to win a championship. You know, and and I, my head defaults back there. You know, and hey, I remember. New Bucks have
2: been great the last couple of years. In the yeah. regular season,
0: I just like I remember like the third day of practice in 2009, Jay Z's um, "New York State of Mind" had just come out, and it and it got to the time of practice where the the the, the official stuff was over and it was time for the for the players to uh, they could shoot around, and LeBron had control of the iPod that day because uh, you know and, well yeah I mean I do think they rotated okay. and he went over and the first song he put on was New York State of Mind. And that wow. became a freaking story. Yeah. Okay? And I'm not sure that the Bucks would be covered that way. And, in fact, in this COVID season where we don't have as much access to teams, maybe it wouldn't be. But it's going to be like that. Just because – just and it's a compliment to him more than anything. It's because that's how great of a player he is. But, you know, I submit – the most relevant thing that's happened in the Bucks organization since they lost the 1974 finals in seven games, to the Boston Celtics was when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said you, I need to be traded and that Giannis signing this extension would be the greatest thing that's happened since then. And I know that that's crazy because you say, wait a minute, they've had 45 seasons and they've had, you know, Ray Allen and, and uh, you know, Sydney Moncrief. Who else have they had? Uh, Brandon Marquise Jennings.
2: 55-point game as a rookie. Right.
0: You know they've been to the conference finals. Oh, a, I actually, a few watched times. that
2: in a uh, Wisconsin sports. Jack Sigma, Alton Lister.
0: Yeah, they've. You know, this is. You know, for for a middle for a mid-market small market team like Milwaukee,
1: Randy him, Brewer,
0: him committing, him. You know, the two-time MVP recommitting and giving them years of his prime would be his. You know, I would say it's to be the biggest thing since Kareem in the 74 finals. That's just the way I see it. And yeah. you can talk me out of that and tell me I'm crazy, but that's just the way I see it because that's how important talent at the highest, highest level is.
2: We we can tell you you're crazy, but we can't talk you out of that.
0: Yeah. All right. All right. Um, thank you for listening to Hoop Collective Podcast. Thank you to Kevin. Thank you to McMahon. Um, McMahon, I feel like by the time we talk next next week, it's going to be a lot more hard and stuff, even though you may not even, he may not even be in practice. It's just. I, uh,
2: I feel like my beard will be fully gray by then.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Adios, amigos.